This is a recording of the presentations made by the hosts of the five different breakout sessions at the conference. Each presentation is about five minutes long and highlights the key takeaways from the five sessions. So what's going to happen is that each of the breakout sessions have been preparing something to present for you, which they believe are the key takeaways from the sessions that they've been working on. So each uh, group have five minutes to present whatever main key takeaways um, they want to share with you, and also uh, as input for the breakout or the closing panel that's going to begin after we've done here. I think so about half past four or so. So I think we should just get started. And maybe Lina and Christina, would you like to start? You're from, we just take this um, line here. So positions, engage, sustain, impact and research. So um, ours was a brief conversation so long of an hour about uh, Viesta's talk and reflections on that. And since as somebody mentioned, the talk covered just about everything. We needed to find a focus of some kind. And I'm talking until the slide comes up, because our, um, our salon was very much um, generating thoughts together or reflecting, I guess, together. We started with our individual reflections and then connections start happening when we mention them out loud. And um, we started with a blank whiteboard and with a question. And you can move on to the next one. Sure. The question on top was there. Um, and I can assure you it was not this orderly what came out. <laughs> um, it, what you see, not in bold, but all the rest, is all of the different concepts, words, uh, sentences that people had about this question. Um, what barriers do you experience in an educational context that can stop the students' developments towards being able to express themselves as subjects or artists? Um, and then we try to find some kind of order. Can we categorize this in some way? And for now, we have made this in between the session and now, this categorization, but I am pretty sure that we can change it and move things around. We didn't have the categories either, they emerged from the work. So these were some of the areas, but the second part was finding not solutions, but more questions. Yes, then after I um, have identified these different themes that could be an issue in this uh, developing uh, the students to become a subject or artists, um, then um, everybody was working in, uh, in groups and talking about what questions would be relevant and important to, uh, to ask in terms of um, getting more knowledge in these areas and, and, and how we can develop them. Because we, we, we thought about maybe it's, uh, in this very quick workshop we had this morning. It's not uh, time enough to get some answers, but then at least when we have questions, we go out with already a perspective for searching for something. Um, and here there came a lot of interesting questions under each themes. Um, 
where is the world? How can we find it? That's a big question. Um, and then um, something about what is thinking? How can we keep being relevant for the students and connecting knowledge so we grow together under these structures within institutions, for example, on the basis of underlying assumptions about knowledge and learning, which is very much defining how we structure the education and that maybe close down this possibility for some students to become a subject. So everything is connected. Um, so it's, that's why it's these big questions about knowledging, uh, knowledge and thinking and learning. Um, then we had this, I think it's very interesting, this fear for freedom. Fear for freedom, I think it was from Biesta's uh, group that came up. And what is language, what kind of freedom can we find within the institutions? And what are you afraid of in, the, in terms of this freedom? Um, and then we talked about ethical uh, dilemmas to uh, which ethical dilemmas do we face as teachers and how can we work on the concept of fear of freedom in the perspective of teachers narratives in collaboration and in the perspective of self reflections so um, this was a product of uh, this uh, one hour um, discussions uh, after Biesta's fantastic talk this morning so thank you so we don't have a PowerPoint. We just have some handwritten notes. So we had a panel debate or a panel talk uh, with uh, representatives from the film, from the theater, and uh, from fine arts. And then Henrik and I represented music. Uh, and we came up with seven ideas when talking about representation and diversity. And it was very concrete. What, would we what could we focus on? What would we like you to think about when working in this field? And it, it was based on the panel debate we had based, in the morning? Based yeah. on the panel debate, yes. One was to offer teachers knowledge in including representation and diversity in their teaching. A second one was having ambassadors in the field, making role models for students to actually applicate for our uh, schools. We also talked about having dark horse possibilities when, uh, when accepting students to our educations, just to open the field and maybe uh, sometimes invite someone in who doesn't look like all the other students we normally invite in. Then we talked about uh, quotas, maybe using the BBC model. So we were talking about, should we let uh, our group of students be representative for our society. And I think that the BBC model was 50% women, 20% ethnical. People with minority backgrounds. Yes. And then 12% with people with kind of different disabilities. Yes, mm. yes. That was an idea too. There was also being mentioned a lack of research done in minority groups that could challenge our prejudice on these groups. 
We also talked about the importance of recognizing the diversity in our group of students. That we don't have just one kind of students, but we have a lot of students, different kinds of students in our institutions. And we want it to be like that. So our curriculum and the way we approach our students should reflect that we have a very diverse group of students in our schools. And finally, one very concrete advice, that was to count, to start counting. Do, how many women do we actually have in our boards? How many, how, how uh, all these different things, not just assuming that we know what's going on in our institution, but actually start counting. So that was from our panel, uh, seven advices. After that, we had a workshop. Sorry, I have to speed up. After that, we had a workshop. Um, and a lot of the same points actually came up. I'll just mention four in a very... One, critique is valuable. Critique is not a fault. Two, it's important to create a common language when speaking of diversity and representation so that you can actually have a conversation, have a dialogue without entering uh, this critical position. Um, it's important to have concrete goals to be specific and prioritize time and money on this topic. And I think, oh no, sorry, transparency was also a very important point when dealing with these issues. That was the fast yeah. version. It was. It was. Thanks. Yeah. I had the honor of hosting our workshop and our panel debate. My name is Jakob Teilgaard and I represent the association Bæredygtig Scenekunst Nu. And you are? My name is Anna-Marie Bramson and I'm head of studies here at the Royal Danish Academy of Music. Exactly. Thank you so much. And so, I'm a happy participant. Yes, exactly. Because we yeah. just figured out it would be better to have a, have some kind of conversation about this. But um, just a brief introduction. We uh, we had first a great panel discussion, and then we moved into a workshop um, where we tried to define uh, what action points we want to bring to hopefully what will become the seven boards of the seven arts educations. Because we can see that there is a great opportunity here to to increase a sustainable transition when engaging the boards. Um, so we carved out 10 uh, action points that we want to go through. Um, and first of all, I think it's important that we just define what is sustainability because it's like a word that's been so worn out and used. I almost, ah, I get this sense when I say it. So in this case, we have been focusing on environmental sustainability. Uh, but we cannot uh, not see uh, the part of economic sustainability and social sustainability. Those three are intertwined. They cannot, uh, you cannot take one out uh, from the other. But we have tried to focus on the environmental sustainability. Uh, what's also important to say with our workshop is that we were able to also create a, a unique climate initiatives for each of you. Yeah, you can hand, show yours here. Because what we are really focusing on is that um, 
if we were to look on, let's call it the climate watch, the time is already five minutes past 12. It's already too late somehow. So we have to move away from talking and straight into action. So uh, this was very helpful to see that you who participated in this, all of you, created a concrete climate initiatives with starting dates. Your starting date is on... Wednesday. Wednesday. So, yeah, it's just, it was very... Um, Some of you here will hear about it. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. But uh, why don't we take a look at the 10 uh, action points here? The first one is uh, to gather all the teachers and look into what they actually teach. So we have to actually look at what are they actually teaching. We need to know that. Um, then we have the second point called curriculum revision. Can you... Well, yeah. This was all, all seven schools, so it's of course this will be different from school to school. But if we're to qualify, you know, what are we already doing sustainable in sustainable uh, teaching? Uh, do we? What is already happening out there uh, to create change? We need to know what we're already doing. Are we doing something? Are we doing nothing? Are we doing a lot? Um, and um, and then when we know what we're already teaching, then we can change or uh, add uh, points to our curriculum. Exactly. And, realize it. and that leads to the next point, create further education for the teachers uh, regarding sustainability, environmental sustainability, because the thing is that you don't, you don't want to go into something if you feel stupid about it. So we need to know, actually, we need to raise uh, climate literacy, you could call it. Um, then the next one is integrate sustainability in all uh, all the courses uh, in the study plan. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And why why not just have one course called uh, sustainability? Why this? Uh, yeah. Well, if we're to raise awareness, then we can't have just some add-on that you can choose to overlook. I, um, we were talking about motivation. What's our motivation for change? Um, there is like now we've we've turned down our heating. Uh, the motivation is that well, the government says that we have to. But I mean, we could have done this five, ten years ago if we were motivated to do it. Motivation can be from the outside, but it can also come from within. So, if we just have like an add-on course in sustainability, then. <laughs> it doesn't become integrated in what we do. I mean, sustainability needs to be integrated in every choice that we do. We have to think about it, you know, just in the coffee break. Do I choose uh, a plastic cup or a paper cup? Uh, what's the more sustainable uh, choice? Um, if I make a production, what's the more sustainable way of making this production? Um, when I go out into... Uh, my work life afterwards, you know, how do I do that in the most sustainable way? If I just had an add-on and it didn't connect with with the, all the teaching that I uh, receive in this institution, then it doesn't really, uh, it, well, the fear is that it doesn't, um, that we don't internalize it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That leads to the next point, introducing collective measures to make non-sustainable solutions harder to accomplish. So in this case, take away the, the single-use cups, so you can't choose them. Easy, yes. Um, okay, then uh, integrate sustainability in all governing layers of the schools. So, yeah, 
hang on to that, integrate sustainability in all governing layers of the schools. Integrate sustainability uh, in the strategic plans, in the art educations, so we have to integrate it into the strategic plans, otherwise things won't change. Introduce sustainability in the framework work agreements and let funding follow with that. So again, we have to find what is the motivation of changing. I guess in many ways, um, uh, when we uh, are motivated in this case, it's because of fear. But we can't, we are not, we're not feared yet. There's not water on the floor. It's not raining down here inside yet. So it's not, it's not visible still. So we have to have the government and uh, people from above at some point dictating that we should do things and then we will do it. Yes, we have to finish up here. Um, introduce annual climate action plans uh, for the educations. Um, and then finally, uh, creating a coordinating sustainable sustainability committee between the seven educations because we have to stop thinking in silos, we have to share knowledge and especially with these seven educations you have so much potential in sharing knowledge between the educations. That was it from us, thank you. So if I can just add something to that, uh, I know this is just a little uh, information from, from the sideline here. So all the uh, seven art schools that are hosting this conference are actually at the moment working for a shared charter uh, in terms of sustainability and diversity. So something is happening. All right, thank you. Impact, should I put on the... Yeah. Okay, we had a very productive uh, panel discussion this morning. Um, and actually there was, uh, there was uh, I mean, a lot of agreement about what, what, uh, what we, uh, the, the road we should take. Um, and um, we had representatives from film and from uh, music and from theater. And um, I guess we can say that the panel discussion very much focused on uh, breaking down hierarchies. Uh, we discussed that uh, to function as to 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 uh, to further this role of uh, of being cultural institutions in the future and to have an impact on society maybe the art schools needed to reconsider not only i mean their education programs uh, their curricula but maybe also um, the actually the uh, admission admission procedures um, I think if I can bring a few quotations, I, I think uh, uh, Kim Boskow from uh, Rhythmic Music Conservatory uh, put it very sort of strikingly, I mean, that uh, it's not that hard to make music. So maybe, I mean, uh, <laughs> other, uh, other dimensions could be part of the admission pro uh, process also. Um, and um, and uh, as uh, Christina Rosendale from, from uh, the film, film schools said it, that um, I mean, you can you can you can teach people to make film. So maybe you could I mean, in the admission procedure, you could ask about other things than just how, how good are you at making films. I don't know if if uh, I mean that that we are very sort of narrow in our in our uh, approach to to how we how we admit people into these educations, and maybe that's something that could be developed. Is that uh, yeah? Sounds great. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> then and then we, we yeah, and when we had a, a workshop uh, in here in the afternoon, 
with two very uh, captivating and actually very touching presentations. Uh, Christopher Jessen, student from uh, Rhythmic Music Conservatory, presented a project he'd done uh, where he uh, reached out to uh, patients in a hospice uh, and uh, and based an art project on, 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 that, on that communication with these patients. And Christina Rosendale again presented her, uh, her, uh, her work with the film that actually uh, had the impact that uh, that uh, it it, it uh, apparently it uh, had a huge influence on Danish law that was implemented a uh, few months later. I mean, after the premiere of that film uh, about uh, psychological violence uh, that it was implemented in in in, in Danish law and um, and actually it, it I mean it both uh, th those presentations reflected, of course, both how artists with uh, engagement can go out and do things <laughs> and connect with people. And of course, it also very beautifully, I think, uh, we think it reflected how, how different media can have different, um, different kinds of impact. I mean, one was, uh, it was a musical project that very much sort of, uh, I mean, took the starting point in, in the inti intimacy that music can create. Uh, where Christopher would go out and, and be in a room with one of the, with one patient, play music for them as a starting point for for contact and a communication about how it is to to be in that situation, and of course the 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 uh, Christina's presentation reflected how how uh, as as she said I mean movie is a mass media it can communicate to a lot of people at at sort of simultaneously so if you combine that with uh, with the strategic sort of uh, perspective, then you can come really far. So there were two, two very different but very striking presentations of, of how, how art actually can have an impact. Hmm? <laughs> and then we progressed into group work and you see the result up here. We had uh, three groups tackling two very big and complex questions. The first one, what are the possibilities of engaging with society through artistic citizenship? And then what role can art education as cultural institutions play in the future and how do we get there? And you see the results up here. We've made it in a shareable form. I know it's a small <laughs> writing, <laughs> so it's probably possible to share that later. But just a few comments on it. I think we should, uh, in the first one with the possibilities, uh, take the word endless from here because the possibilities are endless. It's a lovely and positive note. Then we have the role of the arts education um, that we, uh, we found to be, uh, in lack of a better word, a bit more difficult because it also lies on how do you understand the concept of artistic citizenship and how does that understanding differ and then what does that mean for the role. You can read the examples later. And finally, how do we get there? And here I want to bring forward one posted there in the middle, which says, listen and talk to the students. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's one to bring forward. Thank you. Artistic research as cultural knowledge uh, was the workshop that I and Thomas Howald was leading. Feel free to <laughs> come up and add anything. Um, we had three questions in our group. Uh, it was, what role should artistic research play in the art school of the future? How can uh, artistic research be an interface uh, to society? And we also had, what kind of future knowledge do the art schools and the graduates create? Three highly interconnected uh, questions, of course.
because we are very short on time, I will uh, provide a, a very distilled uh, set of answers from uh, a complex set of mind maps that we have produced throughout this workshop and that we're happy to share later on. So what role should artistic research play in the art school of the future? This was then discussed also specifically in the Danish context of artistic research, where there was this general feeling of uh, um, a, a constant starting up this field again and again, and a need for continuity and a need to build a strong community, not in the sense of consolidating a field which is closed in on itself, but that is diverse and inclusive across uh, the institution and across the disciplines. How can artistic research be an interface to society? That question was approached mainly through thinking about, uh, well, obvious things like dialogue, corporations, but also, I think, importantly, create the creation of concrete artistic spaces and projects within this field that do somehow already <laughs> become an interface to society through their presentation and through their uh, corporations with also actors outside of the institutions. So a cross or intersectorial type of, of interface where one is not afraid to open up uh, to corporations with well other cultural institutions or scientific institutions or cultural or uh, organizations in society outside of the art education so the last question what kind of future knowledge do the art schools and the graduates uh, create um, well here basically uh, the discussion took a turn from uh, the huge discussion about knowledge and the, uh, how we kind of epistemologically define that to let's just talk about what artistic research does because we, we know that it is doing something already and it's about raising uh, the awareness of this happening. That's it. Thank you. Okay, thank you all so much. Uh, I feel like now it would be most natural to start talking to you, but that's not what we're going to do. <laughs> so, um, oh, I'm going to come up, sorry. Oh. Uh, thank you very much. We're going to collect all the materials from your workshops and do something with it, and also your presentations from now. So thank you very much, and uh, we're going to have the closing panel on stage now. Thank you. <laughs>